0: the 47th chapter, Ezekiel chapter 47. Here in this uh, chapter, Ezekiel is given a vision of a river springing from God's throne. A river springing from God's throne is what Ezekiel is given a vision by God from here. And we're going to start in verse 3, and we're going to go through verse 5. And when the man that had line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits, And he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters which were to the knees. Again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters which were to the loins. Afterwards he measured a thousand and it was a river that I could not pass over for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. Can you say amen? God is speaking to Ezekiel here about living a spirit-led life, about what it is like to be in God's perfect will, about stepping into the water and allowing the Holy Spirit to influence and impact every day of your life. Now, you notice each time it says that he brought him through the waters. He didn't go on his own. He couldn't go it alone. You can never go into a spirit-led life and on your own. You've got to be brought to the water first and foremost to begin with by the Holy Spirit through the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and that's when you come to the place of salvation. So we're going to look at these different steps that they took into the water and the very first one must be salvation. You must be led to the water. Now, as I look around here today, I believe that every single person in this room at some time in their life has asked Christ to come into their heart. So I believe that every person in this room right now is standing either on the brink of the water or in one of these positions in the water that we're going to talk about today. And with the talk of water, I'm sure I'm already back here drinking water. I'm all thirsty just thinking of this water. But you're going to learn and you're going to know when I'm talking today through this message where you're at in the river that God has for you where you're at in your life spiritually as far as being led by the Spirit. You might be ankle deep, you might be knee deep, you might be waist deep, or you might be swimming thoroughly in the water, and you're going to know by the time this message is done. You're going to know where you got to get. Now, if you're sitting out there like, Brother Count, I'm going to be quite honest with you, i got a fear of water. Well, this isn't actual water we're talking about. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. So when you leave here, we're not going to grab you and chuck you into some river somewhere. I say that because I had that happen to me a couple times in my life. One time when I was a kid, I was about five years old, we was over, and uh, my grandma lived on a farm over in uh, Farmington, Illinois, which is outside of Peoria. And she had a big stream a big, that went through her yard, and all the kids went out there to swim in the stream during the family reunion. I was only five years old, and that water was about four feet deep. To me, back then, four feet was a lot. And my mom told my, my sisters, I only have older sisters, I don't have an older brother, my mom told my sisters, keep an eye on Jimmy down there by the water, I don't want him getting hurt. So I'm down there, and I, you know, I'm only five years old, man. This is a little guy, you know how little five is. And I'm standing at that water, I wasn't getting in there like, come on Jimmy, scaredy cat, na, na na So finally my oldest sister gets up, picks me up, and chucks me in that water. And Boy, I was kicking, flopping all over the place. My sister Shonda grabbed me, and she's only a year and a half older than me, she's grabbing me by my hair out of the water, grabbed me to the shore. I wasn't prepared to jump right into the deep end of that water as a little kid. And because of that, it took me a while to learn how to swim. So now I'm, I fast forward a few years later, now I'm 13 years old and I still don't know how to swim and I'm with my dad at a hotel and my dad's like, son, you need to learn how to swim, you're 13 years old, you should have learned how to swim by now, so he was showing me some things to swim and you know, when you're afraid, who all, is anybody in here afraid of water? It's alright to raise your hand, I'm feeling like it, there we go, glad I ain't by myself here, TJ, even though he, he probably isn't, he's going to agree with me so I'm not by myself. <laughs> So then my dad's got me standing on this deep end looking into this water. He goes, I showed you what to do. He said, all you got to do is jump in and start doing it. He said, you'll be all right. And he spent 30 minutes convincing me to do this. And he said, you know, if you start to drown, I'll, I'll, I'll reach you. I'll get you out of the water. Don't worry about it. Well, I should have known better because he ain't going to get his hair wet. <laughs> he had a suit coat on and everything, too. I'm sitting there thinking, all right, dad's going to rescue me. So I jump off, man, and I start going down for the count. I couldn't swim in that water for nothing. Finally, he reached down, second time in my life, grabbed me by the hair. That's why I keep my hair so short now. get tired of getting grabbed by it. Grabbed me out of that water, and he's laughing. I was so mad, I stomped off because I wasn't ready to go into the deep water. Now, this canoe trip we got coming up, don't worry, man, I have ace swimming now. So don't be thinking anything, Marty. That's all right. Me and Jason are going to be in a boat together. He said he's got my back. We're going to wear the same shirts and everything. Give be Team J out there on the water. Don't worry. You guys will be looking at the back. You'll be seeing my bald spot all day. Me and Jason will be cruising that river. But praise God that he gave us a plan as far as getting into the water. Now, trust me, there are some people that can just jump, in, jump straight into the deep end of the water because they're natural, but God didn't want that. God had a progression in mind. That's why he took the man through a progression, ankles, knees waste and then the deep end because it is the building of your faith and the trying of our life that gets us to that point where that our faith is deep enough that we can sustain the deep water in the spirit-led life can you say amen? amen so let's look at the steps of the vision that he had first one as it says and when the man had brought me to the waters the waters were ankle deep the waters is ankle deep and this is a lot of times when you're first saved or your first save, and you never ever do move past that point in your spiritual life. There are many people in the church today that have been in the church 15, 20 years, universally speaking, and they're still standing in ankle-deep water. Ankle-deep water means this, you behave according to your own thinking. You have very little little resistance in your steps, and the water actually feels a little refreshing to you. It's kind of like on the hot day when you're out on the beach and you don't necessarily want to get in the water, but you just, I just want to put my feet in the water. Or you sit on the edge of the pool and just get them in there. It feels refreshing to you, but you don't quite have any faith to go step out a little deeper into that water. You're still relying on your own thinking, your own knowledge. You're still trying to reason everything out that you see in the Bible because you refuse to let go and give God that full magnitude of his faith in your life being operated. You're still operating in the flesh. You're saved, don't get me wrong, but you're afraid to step out into the water. The same way I was as I stood on the banks of that creek that day at my grandma's house. A few times I'd stick my toe in the water, I'd feel it. He felt real good and stuff. I wanted to jump in. I looked at the water, I thought, wouldn't it be cool to, but the, my own natural thinking, my own my own self, the self, the sin nature within my life was telling me that it's not right, don't jump in, because if you do, the unknown lies out there in the water. See, I was afraid to get in that water that day because I didn't know if there was fish in there. I didn't know if there was snakes. I didn't know if there was crawdads in there. I didn't know what was in that water. And Because of that, as a five-year-old, I was staying out of the water. And that's how too many Christians are in the church today. They're standing on the brinks of, of their, their spirit-led life, allowing God to move through them. But they're just putting their toes in the water because they don't know what's actually in there. They don't know what they're going to have to get up, give up. They don't know what they're going to have to commit to. They don't know whether or not there's something in that water that they don't see. And God's saying, take that step of faith today step out into that water sure it might be only ankle deep to begin with but as that water begins to rush over those ankles I'm going to continuously build your faith and build your confidence so that you might take a little step deeper it's kind of like the other day you know we got this pool out behind the house and and Jimmy and Elijah are just out there just jumping all over that pool and swimming around in that thing and they think they're cool and they've been hounding me all summer long to get into that pool with them I did not want to get into that pool with them not because I couldn't swim, but because the water's cold. That water is cold. It ain't been that hot of a summer. It's been a breeze this summer. I'll tell you what, man, I'd take, minus the rain, I'd take this weather this summer, any day of the week. When you go live down down in Atlanta, they've been in the upper 90s for about a month and a half now. (sighs) Give me this water. Give me this this summer weather. So the water's cold, so I'm finally, I'm like, all right. I tell Peg, I said, I'm going to go out there and get in that water for about five minutes, and that's it. So I get in that water, 15 minutes later, man, I'm still halfway down that ladder because that water is cold. <laughs> and they're telling me, they're like, Dad, just jump in. Once you get all the way saturated in that water, your body's used to it and it feels great. You're going to be okay. So I start splashing water up here. You know, I've, done, I've been through the routine many times. I just don't like that cold water. I don't know if you, maybe you guys do. I don't. But finally, I just took the plunge. And when I came up, I'm like, you know what, this ain't bad. And I sat out there in that water for about 45 minutes took Jude out there in the water, took him around and stuff, and I enjoyed being in there, but it took me overcoming my fear of the cold and just getting into the water a little deeper than my ankles on that ladder to experience the refreshing that was in that water and to benefit from that pool. But if I would have stood on that ladder and stayed on that ladder the entire time, never going any deeper, I never would have experienced what I saw, the fun that those boys were having in the pool. And it's no different in the church today. Too many people are sitting on the side of the pool watching everybody have fun, and they're not jumping in because they're afraid. They just don't have the ability within them. Well, they have the ability, but they refuse to do it, to just get in. How many here are on Facebook? I be honest Somebody saw a picture of Bob go down the slide last week. That slide's been there for over a year. That was Bob's first time down the slide. Bob had to build it up within himself to go down the slide. Guess who's never been down that slide? This guy. (laughs) But I see Bob going down the slide, and you know what Bob going down the slide does? It builds my faith. It builds my faith that I can get beat up, because it looks rough, going down that slide and into that water. And sometimes that's all God wants us to do. Step out, get on the slide, and take the plunge for him. Amen. Can you say amen? Now we go to ankle deep. Well, we were at ankle deep. Now we go to knee deep. Knee deep, we, become, we begin to become active in the church. We might teach a class. We might help out with the building. We might work in the nursery. We might, might cook food for a function. We're excited about what God's doing in the church, but we're cautious. We're excited about what God's doing, but we're cautious. Well, I'll I'll teach a children's class. I'll take the nursery this Sunday, brother. I'll help build a wall, but don't ask me to do any more than that because that's about the length of, of my commitment to the church. I'm in the water knee deep. It feels good around my knees. It feels good around my ankles. There's just a little bit of resistance now. See, when that water's ankle deep, you can pretty much run through it all you want and you're having a blast. But now that you've committed yourself just a little bit to the church, now the water is up to your knees. Now you can't quite run as easily. Now there's a little bit of resistance there. There might be a stumbling block in the water or two. You might trip and fall if you go to take too many big steps. That's the knee-deep Christian in the water. I know there's a, there's a water park down in Orlando, Florida, called Typhoon Lagoon, and I'm telling you right now, I love water parks. I love them, man. Put me in a water park every day of the year, if, you, if I could. I love the things. Well, every 90 seconds, there's this eight-foot wave that comes by. I'm out there, I'm just smashing into that wave and everything, but you go all the way back, I'm talking about 100 yards almost all the way to where you first walk into that zero-entry pool, and sometimes the ripple of that wave is just about knee-deep as it comes through. And if you're not stable enough, or you're not big enough, I've seen grown adults get knocked off their feet by that little wave that's only about that high. That's still coming through. So when you're in the knee-deep water... You're putting yourself out there just a little bit more for the church, just a little bit more for God. There's a little bit of resistance. And sometimes we get knocked off our feet because of that resistance. And as soon as that happens, what do we do? We get back up and we run far enough so we're out of the range of that wave. And now we're back up on the shore again and we're no longer knee deep. Now we're back in the ankle deep water because it's safe. And God's saying, stay in the knee deep water. Keep going forward. As, as you're in that knee deep, deep water, you begin to get used to the current. As you're walking into that wave pool, I would get used to the current, and it would no longer affect me. You would see it. You would brace yourself for it. Then you would keep going again, deeper and deeper into the water. So now that little ripple, that current that came through, was no longer knocking me back to the shore. But now I was staying in the water, in the knee-deep water, and I was building up my faith, and now I'm going forward and doing even more for God in the church. Is everybody with me this morning? How many want to go swimming when you get out of here? I'm going down a slide. Just kidding, I'm not going down that slide. (laughs) I got to preach tonight. Knee-deep water. Water is a little harder to walk through, but eventually you get used to it. Number four, waist-deep water. Waist deep water. It says, and again, he measured a thousand and brought me to the waters that were to my loins. waist deep Waste-deep water means leadership within the church. It cuts into your life and your schedule. It forces commitment. It cuts into your life and your schedule, and it forces commitment when you get into waste-deep water. There are many obstacles in waste-deep water. The current is against you, when you're in waist-deep water. Now it's not just a little ripple. Now it's the entire current of the water that is coming against you. Once you get into that water when you're waist-deep, you're no longer running in waist-deep water. You're not going to run through waist-deep water. I don't care who you are because there's just too much resistance there. The enemy is coming against you on a daily basis. Now you're in a position of leadership within the church or within your local body or whatever it might be that God has you doing. Now you're in a position where now it's going to require commitment. It's gonna require prayer. All of them require prayer, but it's going to require some intercessory prayer. And not many people in the church wanna venture into waste deep water because the commitment and the time and the loyalty to the church is too much for them to bear. They don't want to be discipled. We've got too much going on in my life, Pastor Cowan. I'm going to stay right now in the knee-deep water because at the knee-deep water, I'm close enough to that shore. If the commitment comes, I can stand back and I can get back out there. But once you get past the knee-deep and you start getting into the waist-deep water, it's going to require a little bit of effort on your part to get knocked all the way back there. When you go from knee-deep to waist-deep, now there's an effort going back and there's an effort going forward. The effort going back is because in the church today, people are so lazy, they don't want to walk the distance, get all the way back to the shore. So a lot of times what happens is we get in knee-deep water... We assume that commitment. We assume that leadership role within the body. And then we stagnate out there because we don't want to keep going past the obstacles. We just assume stand idle, stand right where we're at, not going forward, not going backwards. I have arrived in the church. I am committed. I am here, Pastor Cowan. Whatever you need, I will do it up to a certain point. Just don't force me to go forward anymore. That is waist-deep water. I would say if, if, if you were to look universally speaking wide, I would say probably 60% of the church is standing in knee deep water. And there's probably about 10%, not this body universally, about 10% of the church, universally speaking, that is in waist deep water. That's the level of commitment in the church today in this nation that we live in. Getting quiet. Verse 5. And this is where the fun part of church comes. See, the problem is this. Most people don't realize that verse five, when you get into that water that now you have to swim in, you can no longer touch bottom and it's over your head, that's the fun stuff. That's fun. Have you ever gone over to somebody's house to the pool? What kind of pool you got? Above ground, immediately, uh, uh, all right, yeah, well, come on. You know, like my house. You got know, above ground pool, 46 inches, so I ain't gonna worry about my kids drowning. But even by myself, I'm like, yeah, it's only 46 inches. There ain't no deep end. Because you want to dive in. You want to have fun. I, am I not right? The fun's in the deep end of the pool. You got a diving board out there and everything else. Have fun, cannonball. I saw these guys out here playing a game. You know, Tim making up rules as he went along and stuff. <laughs> oh, I'm being serious. That ain't a joke. He was doing it. I watched. <laughs> but the fun part of the swimming pool is the deep end. But the church never goes to the deep end. Why? Because we don't want the commitment. It'd be like, it'd be like my dad going to the swimming pool my dad loves shallow in the pool you know why he ain't got to worry about his hair getting wet his hair stays in place the whole time he could splash around it and get out get dressed and he looks like the same as he did when he get in the stuff doesn't move but if he was to jump into that deep end it'd go flat and that's how we are we're so puffed up as christians sometimes we don't want to jump into that deep end because it's going to affect our appearance we're not going to look the way people think we should look in church We're not going to have that appearance of that that godly Christian because now we're jumping into something that's out of control and beyond us and we're surrendering totally to the will of God. So we're going to hang out in the knee-deep water, in the waist-deep water. Still looks cool in the waist-deep water. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm here. I'm not going there. But that's where God wants us. That's where the fun's at. That's where the deliverance is. That's where the miracles are. That's where signs and wonders take place. That's where souls are harvested in the deep end of the pool. Not in the shallow end. In the shallow end, you're too worried about jumping in and hitting your head. Out there, it's total faith. You ain't touching anything, honey. In your head, you must depend on, over your head, you must depend on God. God is in control. You must surrender to the will of the river. Wherever it goes, it's going to take you. The further in the water the hard it is to be drug out. When you get into the deep end of the water, it's going to be hard for the enemy to knock you down and drag you out of that water. Now you're in that water as Ezekiel was in the dream. What does he say he sees in the dream? He sees healings. He sees miracles taking place as now his body is being carried by the current down the river. He is under total surrender to God, total surrender to the will of God in his life. He can't fight against that current. When you've got a rushing current that is going fast, you can try to swim all day and you are not going to turn around and swim against that current. And he's jumped into that water and it took him downstream church he was totally in surrender in the will of god god's perfect will in his life that's where god wants us that's where god wants every one of us so that we're at that point when we jump into that river we just let go we allow the current to take us and wherever god takes us we know in our mind through our faith in him it's going to be where he wants us can you say amen? amen that's where god wants us is in the deep water And when you're in the deep water, those that are ankle and knee deep are going to make fun of you and try to knock you out of it. Point blank. Those that are ankle and knee deep are not going to be happy because they're still standing back here and you're leaving them behind spiritually and all of a sudden they're going to use the Bible and everything else to try to drag you back to where they are so that they feel good about themselves because they're not willing to go forward in God's will in their life. They don't have the faith to jump in the deep water. So immediately what do they do? They begin to mock you, laugh you, and make fun of you to get you out of that deep end to get you back on safe footing and safe water so they feel good about themselves. And unfortunately, that's what a believer does. Well, I don't want to be made fun of because I'm out there in the deep water, so I'm going to come back here and hang out with Bobby Joe up here so she don't feel bad by herself. Well, you know, it ain't right as Christians to leave somebody behind anyway. Bobby Joe back there, you know, she's wanting somebody to play with, but we got all the action over here in the deep end. Let's all go back to the level that she's at so that we can all feel comfortable together. Go grab Bobby Joe by the hand and pull her to the deep end. That's what they did to me. What ends up happening is this, church. The ankle and knee deep keep getting knocked out. And then they knock you out, and the result is Rodney, Mississippi. Rodney, Mississippi is the result. In 1763, the town of Rodney, Mississippi, was founded by French settlers on the Mississippi River. Just a small little port on the Mississippi, but it ended up becoming, over the next few years, one of the busiest ports in America. The city grew and expanded. It became huge, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. President Zachary Taylor owned 35,000 acres there and was was elected president. He was from Rodney, Mississippi. How many have heard of Rodney, Mississippi? A A great icon in our country's history. The vote for state capital for the state of Mississippi came up, and Rodney, Mississippi lost the vote by three votes. That's how close it came to becoming a state capital in this great nation that we, we live in. But over time, the river began to shift. The river began to shift, and the more the river shifted, the more Rodney, Mississippi began to go away from the river. And over a few years, it got to the point that Rodney, Mississippi was now three miles away from the river. Three miles away, one of the busiest ports in America at the time. Cotton, more cotton, they said, flowed through Rodney, Mississippi than any other port in the world. More cotton. But now the port was three miles away from the city, and because the port was so far away, in the early 1900s, the town dried up. Commerce ceased. The ports closed. And today, there's only one road leading in and one road leading out, and there are zero residents in Rodney, Mississippi. There is only one building left standing and has a historical marker outside of it, and it is a church that is in ruins just about at this time. One of the busiest cities, one of the busiest ports in our nation's history, three boats away from becoming a state capital, now has zero residents, and has dried up, and it's nothing there anymore. It is, a, it is a literal ghost town. Why did this happen? Because the river no longer ran through this town. And, church, that's where the church is today, that's where Christians are today. We've allowed ourselves to be knocked out of the river so many times, and each time we took a step farther back from the bank, took another step farther to the bank to the point that we're at now where the river's way over there, and God is trying to draw us in and He's trying to call us into the river, but we won't go. We won't take that extra step. We'll no longer even put our toes in the water because we're afraid of what the world's going to say and what everybody's going to say. So, over the past few years in the church, universally speaking, we've allowed the river to shift on us, and now we're standing back three miles looking away. And and the churches in America are ghost towns spiritually and God's not being preached. The Holy Spirit's not being preached and God's not moving in the churches anymore. Why? Because they're a ghost town. They've gone back and they've done research. And what caused the river to shift was that they had so many vessels and so many ships coming into the port at Rodney, Mississippi, and they were dragging debris, silt, and sand up to the coast every single time they would pull into the port. And it was all the garbage, the debris, and the silt that built up on the banks there that caused the river to shift to the point where so much was being trapped now three miles was added on to the shoreline. Three miles of debris and silt caused that river to shift. How much debris and silt do we have in our life that has caused that spiritual river to shift from us? That has caused that river to be so far in our distance so that we stand there now and we can't even see the flow of the river anymore because we're so bound by tradition and religion and the things of our past and the things that we've experienced through the church and the things that we were taught that might not quite have been right all the way, but we've allowed those things to push the river farther and farther and farther away. The garbage in our life that we thought we were getting away with, but God has always seen because he's always on the throne and he sees our every move and God's up there. He's saying, quit it, man. You're putting more. More silt, more debris up onto the shoreline, and that river is farther and farther and farther away from our lives to the point that we can no longer see it. And it would take a work of God, a miracle, to get us back to that place. Rodney, Mississippi is no more, and it is not coming back. And too many times, Christians will go down that same path, that same route. And God's just standing on the shore and he's becking him in the same way he beckoned Peter out of the boat to walk on water. And he's saying, put your feet back in the water. I've got a plan for you. Ankles knees, waist, and then head first dive into the water, but you've got to make that step. God's not going to drag you into the water. God's not going to kick you into the water. God's going to allow His Holy Spirit to beckon you into the water. If you never come, that's not on your neighbor. It's not on your mom, your dad, or anybody else. That's on you, but God is saying today, jump into the water. Go deeper than the ankles. Go deeper than the knees. Go deeper than the waist. Dive in head first, and I will show you things in your life that you will not be able to comprehend, for you have the power of life and death in your tongue and you refuse to use it because you won't get into the water. That's where the church is at today, guys. Universally speaking. That's why people are rising up against the church today. That's why homosexuals can now marry that's why prayer's not in the church. That's why abortion is legal, because the church quit stepping into the water. It ain't because the devil rose up and won and was victorious. He's going to lose in the end. He was defeated at the cross of Calvary. But Christians quit being Christians. We quit operating in our faith. We quit stepping into the water. We quit quit going deeper and deeper and deeper. Why? Because we were too comfortable in ankle-deep water. We sat down, allowed the water to flow around us. It was comfortable. It was cool. It was safe. There was no problems. Then we fell apart as far as sound doctrine goes. Then the world rose right up. You know what the world did? They walked right past us, kicked sand in our face and kept on going. That's where it's at today, church. Take take, take a moment and think, where am I at today? Where am I at in the river? Have, have, Have you been thinking while I've been preaching about where you're at in the river? Where you're at in your spiritual river? Where you're at in your spiritual life? Have you done enough? Are you content with just sitting here? Well, Brother Cowan, why should I go in any deeper? I know I'm going to heaven where I'm at. I know it's okay, so why should I go any deeper? Because there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to want to call on God. And you're going to need that faith to get past that moment in your life. You're going to need to be swimming in that perfect will of God so that 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 protection is around you. That covering is over you. It's all right being safe on the fringes. I mean, you're, you're there. Your feet are in the water. But you haven't begun to experience what God has for you. You haven't begun to touch the tip of what God and his power can do in a life that is fully committed to him and willing to jump into the deeper water. Let's all stand. No matter how good you have it, when the river leaves you, you will die spiritually. I don't care how great your life is in the natural. I don't care how great your life is in the physical. When the river leaves you, you will dry up spiritually, just like Rodney, Mississippi did. You will fall flat on your face spiritually. And and as the Bible says, there there will be many at the gate that said, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? And he's gonna say, depart from me. I knew you not, you worker of iniquity. You failed to stay in the water. You allowed everything in your life to kick you back. You allowed everything in your life to knock you down. You allowed everybody in your life to affect how you were going to worship, how you were going to praise, how you were going to react to the things of the kingdom of God.